If you're a fan of pasta, we've got a great offer for you. Pasta evangelists make delicious, fresh, handcrafted Italian pasta dishes and deliver them straight to your door. You get sent everything you need to prepare your meal in just five minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 10 delicious dishes with vegetarian and gluten-free options. You can have regular deliveries or just order once. They get rave reviews as well, with Times food critic Giles Corrin calling their food mind-blowingly delicious. You can try Pasta Evangelist's pasta yourself and get handcrafted pasta meal for two for just £4 with our special discount code. So go to pastaevangelists.com and put in the code BRUMRADIO for £10 off your first order. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hiya, loves. Hiya, I hope everybody's doing all right. It's Barbara Nice here, Barbara's in Streisand, Nice is in the piss, in the piss <laughs> <laughs> Language. <laughs> HRT, rescue me. I'd, I'd gone on autopilot and I'm going to stop doing that. I, I began to feel a bit like I was, you know, like a proper kind of broadcaster. Hey, coming through to you for Seven Eleven. I'm not doing that. Proper broadcasters don't swear, Barbara. Some of them do. <laughs> I'm going to stop it and stop trying to get too pig in slick. That's what happens. At the beginning, when I started doing the daily doses with Paul, I was worried to death about it. Paul will tell you, because of all the technology. And every day, I mean, it still happens sometimes, every day I was really worried and waking up at night thinking, will it be all right? And then you start to get complacent and think, oh, I'm good at this. And that's when you're pigging fall. I'm telling you that for nothing, kids. And it's the same with the way we know with what's going on. You start to think, I can, well, it's all all right doing all this. I'm not bothered, you know, I'm not earning any money or I'm worried about the kids earning money. Well, no, forget about it, it's all all right. And then as soon as you go, it's all right, then you've got to start getting worried. I'm afraid it's a tightrope, really. We've got to walk that tightrope and just try and enjoy little steps across the tightrope. And one of the things I have kept saying on these podcasts, and they are doing very well, and I'm pleased we're keeping in contact, you're able to get in contact with people. I've not seen, I've heard people on the radio said, I've made up with my um, my sister, I've not spoke for 30 years. All that kind of stuff. So as I keep saying, it's good and bad, jing and yang, fen and shui start skiing uch, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I've been wanting to get in touch with this fella now. We're going to get in touch with for a long time. He's in Australia. I mean, you couldn't make it up. This is the kind of thing we couldn't do in the shed, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. Paul, we yeah, couldn't. That's true. <laughs> he's yes. got this. He's because he's, he's, he's got the same no, room. He's on eBay somewhere. <laughs> I'm saying, Paul, we couldn't have had people from Australia in the shed. No, not no, that's true. Not that big a shed. <laughs> Well, also, we could never have afforded it. You can't get the number 50 or anything like that. Or, you know, we couldn't have said, you know, here's your expenses. Nothing like that. But this way, you patronising me now, with their little smiles and laughs. I was just thinking that we probably could. we just link through this way. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever go back to the shed way? Well, yeah. We used to just get real people well, in, didn't we? I'm, I'm, I miss real people. We'll have to drag someone in. Oh, I do, I know. But we can't carry on doing this. Maybe we can do real people in the shed and remote. Because the good thing about remote is that you can get people who couldn't normally get there. That's it. And this lives in Australia. And I'm, we're going to talk to him in a bit. His name's Richard Batsford. If anybody that's listening remembers the very old days of the Gag Club in Birmingham, 
it was there before the Glee Club, actually. It was, I think it was the first regular uh, comedy club in Birmingham. It was opposite the stage door of the Hippodrome. And it's kind of where I cut my teeth, really, my comparing teeth. I started off working as the mother of another comedian called Reginice. He's, he's, he's a magician now. He's over in New Zealand doing magic. And we did a mother and son act. And to my lasting memory, really, and if anybody there's was, was a good comedy kind of person, I think they might be the only mother and son comparing act to the British comedy circuit. Reg and Barbara and I, that's who we were. And it was funny, you know, we had little sketches. It, I'm laughing now, the thought of it. I'd be buying him jumpers to put on the stage and we'd play hangman and things like that. You know, we broke some barriers. And then um, Reg let the, 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 um, the club go and then I carried on and Richard and Josh took it over. And we had so many people there, uh, Simon Pegg, all the great headlines, I'm telling you. I'm trying to think of them now. Joe Enright was definitely there. I tell you, he was often there. He's on telly now. He went to Ox. He's on the radio. Uh, used to be with. Who was the fellow that used to be with Stuart Lee? Richard Herring, your friend. No, yeah, Richard. <laughs> but it was the other. There was another fellow, wasn't there? Oh, oh, was it? Um, yeah, do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The actor Kevin Eldon. No, it's not the actor Kevin Hogan. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, it was another double act. They used to have a lot of uh, male double acts at the time. Rob Newman, right. Now, oh, Rob Newman was often on there. That's uh, one double act. I, I get Rob on, actually. We get on, Rob. Oh, and me, yeah. Get on very well. So, Rob Newman was oft, always on. Oft. Nick Wilty was on a lot. Uh, Phil Nichol. Loads and loads of people. So, I, I learned my comedy trade, standing at the back, by the bar, laughing my head off and watching all these brilliant acts come on stage. And the good thing is I could, could just get the bus home, get the kids off to school in the morning. So it kept it local. Korean. It, it was a right, wonderful, wonderful, glowing, lovely laugh. And i just like to say there was a fella that used to come, and I wish, if I remember, I'll try and talk to Rich about this, but I might not remember, called Barnard. They used to come, and when he'd arrive, he always come a bit late, and we'd all go, Barnard, the whole club would, because we all knew each other. And I'm afraid he, he passed away about three weeks ago. So if anybody who knows Barnard, just to say, yeah, he was a right character, and he loved comedy, and he was a maverick. Anyway, so waiting to hear now from Rich in Ospig in Australia. You couldn't swine and make it up what's happening. How are you, love? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? It's so, I'm all right. It's very, 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 very nice to talk to you. Well, I've just realised mm. I've got I've, I've got to find my charger and make sure we don't go off thinking. Oh. It, it's all gone very techno. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Do you remember? Because I've got to tell my lovely listeners that this is the wonderful Richard Batsford and I started my career as Barbara Nice with Richard at the Gag Club. How long ago yeah. was it, Rich? Well, I was thinking that. Uh, well, when Josh and I um, well restarted the Gag Club, really, that was in 97, right. I believe. I think we started kind of 
kind of getting plans together towards the start of that year and then we did our first season towards the end of the year but you you were involved a little bit before then back in Reg Nice's day weren't you? Oh I was involved with Reg Nice because that's how it sort of started because Reg had got the mm. club and he said to me will you play my mother and just before we went on stage he said what do you want to be called I said oh go on Barbara Nice and then we just went <laughs> on and then that was it just happened but wasn't it a wonderful club I remember that green room everybody came through there love Simon Peg everybody loved yeah, yeah. It was great. It was a really special pub. A little poky little room above above a pub uh, opposite the stage drawer of the Birmingham Hippodrome. That's right. It was absolutely brilliant. We had <laughs> such a good time. Thursday night, wasn't it? You're never ready for work on Friday after that. <laughs> and we'd have a curry, wouldn't we? We'd have a curry. <laughs> after the curry. It was, but sometimes, Richard, it was difficult, wasn't it? Because we'd have a great night and we'd go, we've absolutely killed this now. You know, it was sold out. Yes. Everybody, Piggy loved it. We've, you've made it now. Next week, no bugger there. It was very difficult, wasn't it? <laughs> there were a few of those, yeah, yeah. I know. The trip to the cash point. I remember your poor <laughs> face, your poor Russian face having to go to the Piggy cash point. <laughs> it was great fun. Yeah. So you're in Australia now What's going on there now? Because you know we're in this lockdown situation Yeah, well, we t- us too, yeah um, Yeah, I moved to Australia about eight years ago now So um, right. I'm kind of fairly well settled here in Adelaide, South Australia You've, you've got the accent, um, Rich, considering you're from Mosley A little bit <laughs> That's right <laughs> <clears throat> My sentences go up at the end instead of down. The dear love. Not a brimmy anymore. <laughs> You're not. You're going up, up, up and away. Oh, oh yeah? No, I'm not going anywhere. They, I, listen, this, I'm very lucky they're still letting me out. They're starting to say now they might stop people going out over 60. I'll be, I'll be done. I'll be stuck at home. So you've been over there for eight years. Are you still playing your music? That's how I think of you now as a lovely musician. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm a... I'm, full-time professional musician these days i teach the piano and i make um piano music lovely have you got your piano with you there rich well it's at the opposite side of the house actually all oh, right don't worry we'll apartment. get you playing yeah. get you playing another pig in time now we've made the connection yes. so you're doing that and also you're a full-time buddhist is that the right phrase a full-time buddhist <laughs> sort of, yeah i suppose so <laughs> They've no one mentioned any specific hours, but um, but yeah, I, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, the short answer is yes. Yeah, you're not being furloughed then. You're not being furloughed as a Buddhist. No, there's no there's no wages as far as I know. It's very and rewarding in other ways, yeah. I know, a bit like the gag club, like you were saying, you've, there's no picking money, right. but worth, yeah. it, worth every single second. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, Josh and I used to joke that we could have we could have gone to the to the glee club and had a nice meal out and a few beers <laughs> <laughs> every week. Instead of, yeah, instead of paying <laughs> for that. Spent less money. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't change a moment of it. Wouldn't say it for the world. Uh, <laughs> so, but Actually, you I had my fiftieth bit... birthday the other day, you know. Um, Did, oh, happy and, birthday! Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was a little while ago. It was October, but so I, I did get a, a couple of messages from um, 
people like Jared Christmas is one. He sent a lovely message. Guys who um, had a had their start in UK comedy anyway. Jared was already um, quite a good act, but by the time we first booked him, because he'd um, been going in New Zealand for a while, but um, we gave a lot of work to a lot of a lot of comics coming through. You know, especially by booking, giving. Every week we had an open spot, a That's right. ten minute spot, a twenty spot, as well as the headline act as well. So. Yeah, it was a great setup. Can you remember in particular any of the open spots or the first gigs you gave to anybody that now they've gone on to do really properly good? Um, well, Rich D. Hunter comes to mind. I mean, it wasn't his very first gig, but um, Josh and I saw one of his. Might have even been his actual very first gig which was um, also in Birmingham, in a little club. I think it was in the club in Bearwood. I can't remember the name of the club now. But that was, I think that might have been his, his first ever gig, and, and we gave him a, his first ever paid gig on the spot, which was like uh, very shortly afterwards. And um, he, we, you know, we just immediately recognised that he was uh, hugely talented, and we ended up being his first management as well and booking that's right booking gigs for him around the world around the country right so it's nice to be in that position to see somebody and you think this kid's got it because i remember him at the time he was ever so young wasn't he? he was he was he wasn't just young he was a big fat lad wasn't he, he won't mind me saying that but he was <laughs> wasn't he <laughs> he was <laughs> <laughs> a big man. He was a right chubby checker. He was a chubby checker, a nice young... He always reminded me of a cuckoo in a nest. He was like a big cuckoo right. in a Birmingham nest. Yes. At, yeah. <laughs> and he was a lovely... He was so young and he'd chosen Birmingham, hadn't he? Because, he, because it was the centre of, of England, you know, the UK. And then he got there mm. and I think he was thinking, well, OK, what's going on here? And you helped him, really. You saw his talent. He was such a delightful... Mm. I mean, I have, I've seen Reg off and on over the years, but I always remember him as mm. being that lovely, young, open-hearted. He was lovely, wasn't he lovely? Mm. Yeah, he, he very much so, yeah. He wore his heart in his sleeve and um, yeah. his comedy right from the start, really. I mean, he it took him a little, you know, time to progress as it does with everybody but right from the start he was really authentic and and just tapping into something that was uh yeah special that was beyond the the norm i think that what you've just said there rich is so important around comedy this authenticity and tapping into something that's different because you and i both mm. know that there's loads and loads of very samey comic isn't there comedy and then now and then somebody will come up and do something that is so different that is so mm. refreshing that you just know i felt like that when i first saw alan carr i saw alan carr in um it was a little club upstairs uh, in mosley at the patrick Kavanagh. you might have already i don't, mm. I don't know where you was at the mm. time and i was mm. that's it and i was stood at the back with andy robinson and it was a Wednesday night. Mm. We both weren't working. And now and then you go and watch comedy. You don't go much. But now and then, mo bo both of us must have fancied going. It's a long time now before Alan got very famous and everything. And he only did about three minutes. And we both looked at each other and went, well, he's brilliant. 
Mm. It's something you've either got or you haven't got into. It's unbelievable, really, when you see it like that. Rawly brilliant. And mm. Reggie got it, this authenticity, mm. this uniqueness, really. Well, they talk about in artistic forms, don't they, about finding your voice. Mm. And for most people, I think it takes quite a while. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think some people, as you say, right from the, from the start, pretty much, they're already... They're, they're almost fully formed in a certain way. Yeah, and you see it, and it's so lovely. So looking back mm. at all them nights that we had, I used to like afters and we'd have a dance. Do you remember dancing, Rich, and all that? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, Richard Farmer, Richard James, as he was, he, he was known that's in those right. days. He was uh, well, he used to DJ at the end. And he runs Brum Radio, and that's what we're doing this through. So it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I wouldn't no, want to have to paint it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> listen, do you see, go do any, see any comedy now in Adelaide? There's a festival on there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I, about once a year, uh, basically. I don't see a lot of comedy these days, but um, do you, you know Dan Willis, UK comic? Dan who? I'm not sure we had him at the gag. Dan oh, Willis. Right. Oh, right, I recognise the name a bit. I don't really, I'm just saying yeah. that. I don't know, love, really, no. Oh, I, I don't know if we had him at the gag all that much, but he used to compare the club that I booked in Liverpool quite a bit. Oh, well, I remember, um, I remember that club very well, I know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so he um, he comes out, along with Alan Anderson, who actually, funny enough, also used to compare that club quite a bit. Ah, oh, they, okay. they both do um, shows every year at the Adelaide Fringe, which is the second largest arts festival in the world after Edinburgh. Well, the combined fringe and festival, you know. Will it go ahead um, this year, Richard, that one? It happens in March. So this year's has already happened. Fortunately, it, oh. it's pretty much finished by the time the... I think some of the shows towards the right towards the end might have been slightly affected, but I'm not sure. But I think I think most of it at least had um, had happened before, uh, before it was a problem. But... Uh, whether it will happen next year or not, I don't know at this stage. They normally open the registrations. I perform in it myself quite quite often, just doing my piano stuff. Um, they usually open the registrations sometime around, like, uh, July, August. So right. a bit of time I, yet, I suppose. But... I wonder whether I should come, Rich. What do you think of Barbara in Adelaide? How would she go down, love? That'd be lovely. Oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 not as easy as Edinburgh to get a crowd. You know, it's it is it is big. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's still small compared to Edinburgh. It's like a third of the size or something. And it's well spread out. It's spread out over five weekends and um, you know, obviously the the weekdays in between. It's not like you've got this sort of super high density of people. Uh, and and Adelaide, South Australia is a little bit out of the way compared to Edinburgh. You know, it's doable. It's doable, and if you can, particularly if you can get into the um, what's called the Garden of Unearthly Delights, which is oh, the kind right. of uh, the main hub. That's where you can really get a crowd, and you'd you'd do really well there because you could you could be out spruiking, as they call it. Um, do you know that word, spruiking? What does it mean, love? I didn't know it. I don't think it's an Australian term. It means like sort of um, roll up, roll up, you know, that kind of thing. Ah, Going out, out like in front of your tent, saying, "Come along, come along and see us what we've got," you know. Oh yeah, I'd like and to. And the garden of yes, you'd be a great spruiker. So it, it would really, um, 
Born to spook. It's, it's a really nice. That's right. It's a really nice aspect of the of the festival. I think that you can just sort of wander around this garden. It's in because Adelaide is um there's a, a a planned city. It's a right. so the cent the central part is a rectangular grid, and around it is parklands. And the garden of unearthly delights it takes place in the um, one of the parklands, and it's during the summer, so it's nice and warm in the evenings, and uh, there's lights in the trees, and it's yeah, it's quite a nice sort of almost magical at times little feeling, and there'll be people really take it, to me it really sort of reminds me of some kind of I mean not that I know any, anything about it, but some kind of almost in in, in taking back into history of like all these. Like you get at the fringe in in Edinburgh, where it's just all these different people with all sorts of different skills, you know, whether it's yeah. comedy, music, dance, whatever. They've got their thing, whatever that is, and they're coming along and spooking it. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Oh, it sounds lovely. But would it would it be able? Do you think mm. people would be able to understand it? Do they know, for example, when I do my raffle, will they understand Dettel? Will they understand steak kid <laughs> Frey Bentos pies, Richard? Yeah, very possibly. You might have, you'd have to do a little bit of research. I mean, <laughs> Australia is like there's a lot of England in Australia. There's a lot of yeah. England in Australia. There's also a certain amount of Af uh, America in Australia, right? Um, and there's a certain amount of Australia, and uh, in Australia. they're also like you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of it's that's just Australia, but there's also a lot of yeah, a lot of British stuff. So you'd have to do a little bit of research, and sometimes you you know there's these odd little Vegemite and Marmite kind of oh, uh, yeah. differences, you know. Yeah. Well, I look into it, but I think Dettel. After what President Trump said, Zoflora's trending. Do you know Zoflora? I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a very very scented, uh, perfumey uh, disinfectant. And have you seen what he oh, said, really? Donald? He said that this yeah. virus, I think it's often, I think he's just saying all these things to put people off the pigging scent of the fact that, well, what's going on? So everybody goes, have you heard right. what he said now? But, you know, what he said was, can't he inject disinfectant into people? So <laughs> he hasn't quite said that, Rich, but it kind of reads a bit mm. like that. So Zoflora is yeah. trending. And anyway, it lovely stuff so flora lavender you can get a christmasy one a cinnamon yes. one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> look out for it <laughs> as long as you don't actually insert it into yourself in any in that's any what he's suggested yeah but he's <laughs> it can't be being tr serious i think he puts it on sometimes i do what what's the general atmosphere in australia on the percentage of people concerned about the virus and work is it i would say it's about eight we're 85 percent here worried what about in australia what's your percentage well i don't know um I, but all, uh, the last 10 days or so i've been having a, a detox from the news actually i've been uh, yeah i've been, I've been cutting yeah. it out but um yeah in south australia because like i said we're all, we are a little bit isolated in a way adelaide a beautiful place and it's, um, it's an amazing place to live but it's not it's not a big tourist destination in the way that Sydney mm. or Melbourne is and it's not on the way to anywhere except possibly Greenland or whichever it is whichever pole it is <laughs> I forget <laughs> somewhere very cold um, so it, they closed the state borders a while ago and we haven't had a, any cases in the last days I think now so um, here things are pretty chilled and in any case it's much more spacious than the UK that's and, right um, there's more space 
Yeah, that's true. Most of us, many of us live live by the beach, so we just go for our beach walks and we're all pretty chilled. It sounds absolutely lovely and I think you're right about this detoxing of the the news. There's too much of it around. But now and then you see something on Twitter. I saw Prince Charles and Camilla outside their front door clapping last night and I wish I'd not seen it now. You can't unsee (laughs) some things. (laughs) They look so (laughs) miserable, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Somebody had made him do it, Richard. It was awful. I love Didn't hearing you laugh. <laughs> Didn't inspire me though. I love yeah, hearing your laugh, Richard, because what's making me, mm. your laughter now is making me take me back to all that time at the gag club. I can just see a nice yeah, face yeah. laughing. Even when you was losing money, <laughs> you'd have a little smile on your face. <laughs> 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 laughing all the way to the cash point. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, I'm going to love you and leave you now. It's, it's been unbelievably nice to touch. And if anything that this virus has yeah. done, it's brought us back together. I can't reveal this, the, the murky truth of past. No, 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 don't let, don't let them know. We've gone back years. We go back picking years. Get the receipts out. <laughs> <laughs> bye, bye. Bye, bye, uh, my love. Take care. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you at the Adelaide Fringe soon then, hey? Yeah, I'll be in touch. I fancy it. I love, I love the idea that you sold it to me. Awesome. Ta-ra, love. Right, love. Take care. See you soon. And you, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, I'm telling you now, Paul, I had tears in my eyes talking to it. When he said I love at the beginning, it, I just went crashing back all them pigging ears. It was absolutely lovely. Crashing back, I was thinking... I'll have a white wine in a minute and a fag at the back of the room. In those days, you could smoke, you see, in clubs and stuff like that. In those days, there were comedy clubs. Oh, to be sat in a sweaty club with somebody laughing your head off. It'll all come back. I hope it piggy will. It'll all come back. So it was lovely to talk to him. Um, what are you going to do with the rest of the day now, Paul? It's quite sunny as we record, so I might be able to get that door open and stand on the Juliet balcony and try and get half a tan. Right, I'm going to say something to you now, Paul. It might not be sunny when we broadcast this, so what are you going to pig and do? <laughs> I said as we record. So ah, very clever. Because I'm, ta- I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to tell you something now, listeners. That this one is out of sync. We usually try and do them every day so that we are we all know what's going on. But we've had to do this one because I messed up with time. You can imagine me, HRT, rescue me, trying to sort out getting in touch in Piggin, Australia. So yeah, we should say thank you to Richard for get staying up to, I think, 11 o'clock, maybe 10, half 10. I know. Well, are they five hours before or after us? Uh, 12, I think. Oh, 11. 12 hours, 11? Oh, right, Piggy Neck. I think it was half 10 for you. See, I was, I'm so confused. I can never sort out getting the clocks back, you know spring forward fall backwards all that 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 throws me so it's took me two days to get in touch with Richard Batsman in Australia so we've had to record it out of sync so it could be raining snowing anything could have happened anyway so we don't really know what's going on but we wanted to record it because it's lovely being in touch with old pals and if you're listening to this now going for a run or you're on your bike be careful if you're on your pig in bike or you're doing your housework, or you're sat outside, or whatever you're doing, and there's somebody who's been on your mind for a bit and think, I must get in touch with, you know, whatever the name is. Piggy and do it, honestly. All right, Paul, love, thanks very much. Take care, love, over and out. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.